Welcome to the Wisdom for Life podcast with David Baker. David was a former paratrooper in the 82nd Airborne Division and for over 30 years has been a preacher. He has written five books and is an Amazon number one best-selling author. He is the chaplain at the county jail, pastors a church, and is the father of 11 children. Yes, 11. This podcast is here to give you wisdom for your family, your marriage, your children, your finances, your health, and your life. And now, the host of Wisdom of Life podcast, David Baker. Hello and welcome, David Baker. Welcome to the Wisdom for Life podcast. We're glad that you're here. And in this podcast, we want to give you wisdom. Wisdom is knowing what to do and having the power to do it. We've been focusing on our family. It's amazing how much so many times we do not focus on our family um, until it's a problem. And many times when it's a problem, it's almost too late. Many times people don't work on their marriage until it's too, too late. They don't care or work on their kids until it's too late. And then they see, boy, we have created a whole lot of problems and you don't have that. You don't want that. So what we want to do is to help you to focus on things that are right. These biblical principles for our family. So this is part four. We've taken the 20 biggest problems that people say and talk about. And uh, we'll, I won't review them. I'll just give you the topics of them and you can go back uh, to those on your own. The other thing is, if you do realize you need more help for your children, you can go to thegoodkidquiz.com, thegoodkidquiz.com, and click on the link, and uh, you can take a quiz, and then it will show you how we can help you with your children and with your family. And we've seen so many times they wait too late uh, before fixing them. So, all right, these are the topics that we have covered so far. And we started off with um, academic struggles and bullying, a big deal to that. <clears throat> then we talked about peer relationships, friendships, work battles, uh, work uh, homework battles, screen time management, that's a big deal, and then behavioral issues. Then uh, last time we covered organization and time management, really important, healthy eating habits, sleep issues, emotional regulation. You, those things may not seem very important to you, but if you're having those problems, they really are. So, all right, today, independence and responsibility. So important, independence and responsibility. So independence, um, I've said this often and you'll hear this often. We're not raising children. They already are. We are raising future adults and we want them to be independent. When a child is in its mother's womb, it is 100% dependent upon mom, 100%. Um, zero on themselves. When they're born, they're 99, 98% dependent upon mom. They can breathe on their own. But besides that, they've got to have mom to be able to help them. And through the years, what you want it to be at, you know, 10, 12, um, you know, they're 50% dependent upon themselves, 50% dependent on mom and dad. By the time they're 18 and they're 100% dependent on themselves, 0% dependent upon mom and dad. And so not saying they won't still need some help later on, but they can function. They can can pay their bills. They can take care of the things that they have. And so many times we have not prepared our children for that. Okay. Look at the age of your child and see how well, what percent are they dependent upon you and what percent are they dependent upon themselves? Could they take care of themselves at what percent? And for what age? Now, if they're three and they're 90% dependent on mom and dad, okay, we understand that, but we want to grow them in that. So Whatever age they are, whatever they can do, let them. From the time your child can walk, um, help them to make the bed. Let them see how to pull their covers up. Help them to see how to straighten things out and make it neat. Um, whatever age they are, let them do that. Uh, your children should pick up their own toys. 
Well, they're just a toddler and teach them. Here, take this and put it in the basket. Yay! Here, take this uh, car and put it in the basket. Yay! Now it's a game. Now it's fun. You're teaching them to be what? Responsible. Okay? You play with the toys. You pick them up. You pick them up. Um, How important those things are at every age. If they can do it, let them. Well, they don't make the bed as nice as I need it made. Okay, then go in afterwards and straighten it up. But let them do the best they can at the age that they are. So many times parents just do it for them. My kids are amazed they go off to college. How many kids don't know how to iron, don't know how to do laundry, don't know how to do the simple basic things of life? What happened? Someone didn't teach them. They didn't prepare them for that. So... By the way, your kids can do more than you think they can at that age. They can do more than they think they can at their at that age. So if they can do it, let them. Simple from um, filling up the car with gas um, to doing vehicle issues, changing the oil. Um, I used to go to a place to get my oil changed until my kids got old enough to do it, and then I let them. How come? Because they need to learn how. I already know how. If I've got the money, hey, I I don't want to get into there and get dirty. I already know how. I don't have to. I'll pay someone to do it. But my kids, they need to learn how. And so when they were young, boys, 11, 12, 13 years old, yep, all right, time to change oil. Here we go. Pull in. Teach them how to do it. At 13, I had kids who were changing brake pads out and getting paid for it. And so um, if they can do it at that age, let them. Let them. You're preparing them to be independent. How independent are they? Uh, Literally, we had kids in our house, 15, 16 years old, <clears throat> they could have been 100% dependent upon themselves. They had the money, had the job, had the character, had the work ethic, could do all the things to take care of themselves. They could have been 100% dependent upon themselves at 15, 16 years old. Um, and um, they mature. By the way, kids used to grow up a lot faster because they had to. They had to. You look and see the the weight that some families had to carry and bear, and you grow up fast. Oh, I don't want them to grow up too fast. I understand that. But growing up is a part of life, and having them do that is big, okay? So very simply, independence and responsibility, if they're old enough to do it, even if it's not perfect, let them. Let them. You're preparing them to be a full-grown adult with no help. Next, sibling conflicts, okay? Navigating conflicts and rivals between siblings. I've taught about this before, but it really is a big deal and important. We did not let our kids fight. Now, are they going to some? Sure. Are they always going to get along? No. But we are going to fight to make sure they don't fight. We are going to do the best we can to make sure that they get along. And by the way, it's worked. Our kids are close. Now, the boys are closest friends are their brothers. Girls are closest friends are their sisters. It's, it's been that way. Um, and it's a close family and they love each other. Are there been conflicts we have to work through? Absolutely. Often. We have 11 children. But... But we decided our kids are not going to fight. They're going to work together and learn and help and care for each other. And so decide, oh, well, you know, kids will be kids. Brothers and sisters will fight. Uh, and, and you just count it up like that's normal, like that's supposed to happen. Okay? Okay, yes, that happens. But we're not, it's not going to be a normal thing. We are going to get along. This household is not going to allow uh, children to do that. By the way, I believe the best relationship, now listen to me carefully because it sounds weird, the best relationship to prepare someone for marriage is not a whole bunch of dating, but it's a relationship between brothers and sisters because you're family, 
You have to live in the same house. You have to share. You have to be unselfish. You have to help each other out. You have to deal with the different mindset of a boy and a girl. They had different mindsets. You have to deal with the different motions. You have to deal with different hormones. And so that um, the girls, we had girls that were older than four boys in a row. And so they helped out a lot. And so they started to become bossy and telling the younger boys what to do. And we had to stop. Sorry, you can't do that. Well, they're your little brother. It doesn't matter. You can't do that. If you treat them like that, you're going to end up treating your husband like that one day. You're going to be bossy and it's not going to be good. And your little brother may have to put up with it, but your husband doesn't. And you don't want that. Preparing them for that. Uh, the boys wanting to hit the girls. Never. Never. Well, she hit me. It doesn't matter. Never, ever, ever do you hit a girl. Never. And uh, it's taught. You don't do that. How come? What are we doing? Those sibling conflicts, we are preparing them to be married. We're preparing them for that. Kids were little. um, One of the boys hit the girls. And I had a long talking discussion and then more than talking (laughs) and helping them to understand. Do you understand if you did this when you're older, you go to jail? What? You go to jail. They don't think it's a big deal. They hit their sister. Big deal. No, that's domestic assault. You go to jail for that. The police called, someone's going to jail. It's a lawsuit. If they don't take someone to jail and someone gets hurt or killed, then then you sue the police. So someone goes to jail. And it's probably going to be you, the guy. So it really is a big deal. We don't allow that. Okay. And it is gigantic. That never happened again. Made sure it didn't happen again. They understood the bigness of that. Wow. If I do this, I go to jail. Yeah. And we're going to make sure you remember this. You never, ever, ever, no matter what hit your sister. If she's not doing right, come tell us, we'll fix it. But it's not your job. You do not, do not, do not do that. Okay. Something conflicts. We could go on, but it really is important. Take advantage to fix those things. All right. Parent teacher communication. We homeschool. Uh, our kids did have uh, a Christian school and teachers for a while, but it is a big deal to be able to have the right relationship with them. The teacher is an authority and you teach them to obey that teacher as the authority. Now I'm going to go out on a limb here and pray get myself in trouble, which I know I would never say anything that would get me in trouble. Um, We say, quote, the authority is always right. And as far as respect for that authority, yes, it is. But we do not and did not always discipline our children the way the teacher thought it ought to be done. When a teacher would come to me and let me know what the situation was, thank you so much. I'll take care of it. And I did. They did their part. They told me my job. I'll take care of it. And so then I find out the truth. What happened? The whole story. Why, when, where, what? By the way, if teachers ever got it wrong, and if a teacher gets it wrong, how does that affect the children? How does that affect the classroom? I know of parents, and here's the phrase, and a lot of parents do it. If you get in trouble at school, you get in trouble at home. What about if they were unjustly disciplined at home? The teacher didn't find out the full story, got the story wrong, The child was unjustly punished at school. And now, because of your rule, now he's going to be unjustly punished again. Is that right? Is that just? (laughs) No, it's not. And we didn't. We didn't. Now, teachers, the authority, what they say you do. Um, but many times teachers, especially even with pastor's kids, they want to make sure it's their job to make sure that they do what the teacher thinks ought to be done. I always said, thank you so much for letting me know. I need to know. I want to know. I'll take care of it. 
and probably 90% of the time, it was 100% right. We found out what the child did, and we disciplined. We took care of it. But sometimes it was different. Sometimes it wasn't. The teacher misunderstood. The teacher got half the story. The teacher didn't see what the other kid did first. Um, and so am I going to unjustly discipline my child because a teacher got it wrong? No. No. I'm not going to. Now, I'm not going to let them disrespect the teacher. I'm not going to let them go back in the room and say, my daddy didn't spank me. He said you were wrong. That's not happening. Okay. <laughs> now you want to see what happens to you. But we dealt with them justly. And our children appreciated that. And they saw that. And re they respected that. And they loved us for that. Uh, one of my kids was just telling me of a problem they got in, uh, into. And they had to go, go see your dad. Go to your dad's office. Okay, and they did. And um, the daughter said, I knew I wasn't going to be in trouble because I didn't do anything wrong. And she came in there happy, smiling. We told them the situation. We talked about it. We stayed in there for a while. We had some snacks <laughs> and uh, gave her a hug. And, okay, go back to class. And here's what you say and here's what you don't say. And, boy, she said, boy, so much. Dad was just fair. Okay. God is just and fair. And so that's what we want to do. So it is a big deal. Respect the teacher, obey the teacher, honor the teacher. You work hard. you be the best student. Yes. you be the teacher's pet. you be the one that they, you do everything the way you're supposed to with honor and respect. So there's no problem. But we, again, I mean, I know, and I'm not going to say that, but I know a kid that he was unjustly disciplined school, one of the teachers had it out for him and the pastor and got badly disciplined at school, came home and got badly disciplined again, because the rule was, if you get spanking at school, you get spanking at home. Okay. I'm not against that as long as it's just, if you disrespected something at school, then yes, we're going to take care of it at home. Um, but to be unjustly disciplined at school and then to be unjustly disciplined again at home for that, you are provoking your children to wrath and they're going to grow up not in the nurture and admonition of the Lord because God is just and God is fair. They're going to grow up with bitterness and unforgiveness in their heart. They, they can come out when they're adults with their children and grandchildren. Okay. And that happens. And I'm not going to do that. And I didn't do that. Um, and somebody may criticize me for it. And guess what? I don't care. <laughs> My kids love me. And they know dad's strong. Dad's strict. Don't cross. Don't mess up. Be, uh, but my dad's fair. And my dad's just. He's going to listen to the whole thing. He's going to ask questions. He's going to find out and know the truth before he disciplines. I've done this often to my children. I'm still shocked by it. I've asked my kids together, groups, individuals alone, say, hey, when have I blown it? When have I disciplined you wrongly? When have I handled something the wrong way? They're not in trouble. They can bring up anything. I said, dad, I can't remember anything. You always took time to find out the whole story. You made sure you understood. You made sure we understood. You made sure we understood. Yes, we know we broke the rules and we know what the punishment was. And so for 11 kids to not have big, gigantic things that they remember, was I perfect? No, absolutely not. And there are things I wish I could do differently, but that our kids are not bitter and upset and messed up with that really, really, really is a big deal. Okay. So take some time with that. I know it can be complicated. Um, but think of justice, think of fair. And by the way, exactly the opposite today. Most of the time the teacher's in trouble. The kid's perfect. Kid didn't do anything wrong. We were never that way, okay? Uh, again, 90% of the time the teacher, where they said, yep, exactly right. We've checked into it and we take care of it. Um, but here's a phrase we've used in authority, okay, as principal, authority over school, or like on a bus ride or a Sunday school class. I hate it, but here's a phrase we would say. My staff heard me say this often. He 
who gets to the parent first wins. He who gets to the parent first wins. Sad, parents don't be like this. But if the kid got to the parent first and told them their side, then the teacher's in trouble. The bus captain's in trouble. Whoever the authority is is in trouble, and they're fit to be tied, and they're going to let you have it. If the parent, if the teacher was able to get to the parent first and explain to them the situation, then you thank you for letting me know. I'm going to kill my kid when he comes home. And then, uh, and then, then the teacher won. Uh, whoever gets to the parent first wins because so many times we handle things emotionally. So if the kid tells me what happened, thank you so much for letting me know. I'll check into it. And I'll call the teacher and find out what happened. And guess what? Sometimes the kid didn't tell the whole story. They left out the part of what they did that was wrong. Then you find out, did this happen? Well, yes. Oh, you, you left that one out when you told me. Oh, I did. So it's a big deal. Check into it. Find out. Don't be emotional. Don't be the one who ever gets to the parent first win. So many times it's that way. And if it's on a bus route, um, we would walk the child to the, bus, to the uh, uh, home, tell the parent, here's what your child did, because we knew if we didn't, and the kid got to the parent first. Oh, man, it was horrible. And the kid would lie, and they didn't do anything wrong. And now the parents upset at us, mad at us, and wouldn't um, let the kid come anymore. How come? Because the parent was not biblical, logical, just, fair, balanced. Um, they just believed what whoever got to them first. Don't be that person. Okay? All right, we'll pick up there next uh, time. And so I won't give you those, but uh, we'll be into part five next time and go into a few more to be able to help. Hope that will be a help. Thank you for listening to the Wisdom for Life podcast. If you have any questions for us, email us at askpastorbaker at gmail.com and we will answer them in an upcoming podcast. The email is askpastorbaker at gmail.com. 